Welcome to Jets Rewind. This is Marty Schupek. I'm joined by Ray Clifford. I'm in Valley Cottage, New York. Ray is doing a remote uh, out in California. Today is October 21st. We're recording this at 7 p.m. It's Thursday night. Ray, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, just on a little bit of different uh, time uh, time zone, so my my clock's off a little bit. <laughs> right. And uh, as the people know, last week I spent a week with you out in Ohio. I had a wonderful time. Went to the Hall of Fame. It was it was a lot of fun. And uh, I guess it was highlighted. We ended up sitting down, watched that whole game, the Browns and the uh, L.A. Chargers, which was a classic. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Maybe. We also had to sit through the Jets. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this is the Jets Rewind, and uh, we're going to talk about our Jets. And even though Ralph is uh, on a uh, mini sabbatical, I came up with a trivia question for you, Ray. Okay? I'm and, ready. <clears throat> and I got this question because uh, you would help me, uh, and just for the Jets Rewind fans, if you go to the website, jetsrewind.com, we have a very nice article on Al Toon, who is a great receiver for the Jets, and his career was cut yes. short. Yeah, Ray helped me out with the article, and there are some really fascinating facts in this article, which I, I didn't even know about. But, Ray, in, in researching Al Toon, um, I was, uh, really came across some information on a lot of receivers. So the question is this. In... First place with receptions is Don Maynard, 627. Yeah. Second place is Wayne Corbett. He has 580. Mm -hmm. Third place is Al Toon, 517. Fourth place is Lavernius Coles, 459. Now, in fifth place, there is a tie. It's 438 receptions. I'm going to tell you one of the players. I want you to try to guess the other player. All right. The play I'm going to tell you is Wesley Walker. Gotcha. Okay. So you have a, a good 35 to 40 minutes as we do the show to think about uh, who is tied with uh, Wesley Walker for fifth place. And uh, I don't want to see you Google like all the uh, like, Ralph. <laughs> like, like, Ralph, like Marty does. Too. I, did, I think I did it once. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're going up to the England where we never win at all. It's just, it's just uh, unbelievable. We just lose game after game. And I heard a stat, Ray, since that great uh, playoff victory up there, I think regular season games, we've lost like 18 of 20 or 17. Of, it's a ridiculous number. Oh, yeah. we've. Well, I mean, just against the Patriots in general has been bad. So, I mean, I don't think it's really mattered, mattered whether it's, in uh, Foxborough or uh, or in uh, New Jersey, it's it's been it's been bad. <laughs> it's been brutal. Uh, there, there is some good news um, where I would say that even though the Jets lost to Atlanta, they had a week off. Yeah, the Patriots had to play a over heartbreaking overtime game, and you can look at that two ways: like they're going to take it out on the Jets this Sunday, yeah. or that. They, they might be deflated a little bit. Another bit of good news is the amount of passing yardage against the Patriots, I think I heard it was the most ever against a Bill Belichick coach team, which is unbelievable. If you saw that uh, Patriot-Dallas game, it was truly a classic. And Dak Prescott 
in the second half in overtime, he put on one of the best quarterback shows I ever saw. He was terrific. So we're going up there, Ray. And um, what's your initial reaction um, coming off that loss to the Falcons as we, we go up to Foxborough? Well, the initial reaction is, I think, the same as everybody else's. We got uh, to figure out a way to, you know, not do a three and out and not uh, – not go through the whole first half and be lucky to score anything, but uh, we need to score early, you know, just, you know, first of all, we need to give our defense a rest, which has been part of the problem. You know, they're gassed by the fourth quarter and, and I think it shows now some of that might be also that they, you know, are coming back to earth. I'm not sure they're as good as they were playing in those first few games, but I think they'd be playing better regardless if they weren't on the field for a hundred plays a game, or I know it's not quite that, but it seems like it. Um, they're, they're basically, I think I read something that they're, they're basically playing what amounts to an extra quarter a game uh, compared to, you know, what you normally would if you, if, if the offense, you know, continue, you know, could keep drives going so that they weren't on the field, uh, way too much in the first halves. So and that includes coming up with zero interceptions. Yeah, we are getting five games, which is just um and and I mentioned it to you that this has just been the history of the Jets. They just don't intercept that much. It's just unbelievable. Ray, um we all know that they're and you just mentioned it, they can't get on the scoreboard in the first quarter. I read today that um Michael Four, he scripts out the first 24 plays. And he does so, and he does so with the flexibility that he could change it at any point. I just want to go over maybe any sort of subtle changes the Jets could make to maybe not even even score early, but maybe get an initial drive going, use the clock and move the ball and and even if they have to punt, if get at least two first downs. So yeah. you may be like you're on their own 45 in midfield, which I'm not happy about. I want them to score every time. Um, I, I gave it some thought, and it's funny because um, I heard Rich Samini, and he, he, he really um, nailed it. But it's funny. Two, two of the suggestions he made were – two suggestions that I made a few weeks ago. So I don't know if Rich has listened to our show or not. But, Everybody yeah, does. And one of the things I said is I, I would put Michael Four upstairs. I just think that it's not doing any good having him on the sideline the way he is. Let him report or, or speak to Matt Cavanaugh. Let Matt Cavanaugh be, be the in-between guy between him and LaFleur. But nothing good is happening with Michael Floor on the field. So do you think that would make any sort of difference? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I see guys do it, you know, different teams do it both ways. I think it's, you know, to me, um, I don't know if he sees some, anything differently from up top. I think it just is more of a – I think some guys have a knack for calling – plays and getting into a rhythm and and I don't think being higher up unless they prefer it is is that big of a deal but you know to me 
you know, they got to try something. So if that, you know, if they were to try it and he does better up there and that seems to help, then I, you know, go for it. But they, they, you know, I think with him, it's a lot that he's, he's a rookie too, you know, and he's learning that, you know, the stuff he saw in the preseason when teams are throwing second and third teamers and nobody's going, you know, full bore for the most part, I think he's finding it's a lot more difficult to, string together plays. I, I, you know, I, I think I've said this before numerous times that it just seems like he wants to always push it down the field. And I'm, I'm at the point that it, at this point in, in Zach's career, I think it would serve him better to do more of the Patriot thing and dink and dunk and, and just kind of get a rhythm going before you start doing that. I mean, I'm not saying don't do it at all, but I think, it just seems like we, we have a couple of good plays and then boom, we're trying a, a 30 yard pass. I think yeah. he's got a, I think he's got some learning to do as a play caller and, and we're seeing it. Ray, obviously uh, Belichick, he has people that listen to podcasts and Ralph and I swore years ago, he was listening to ours because he came up with this, the game plan that Ralph mentioned. It was unbelievable, but um, he knows that the jets cannot get a drive going. So he's going to try, and he knows the Jets are going to try to uh, dink and dunk a little bit to get a rhythm. So he's going to try to defend that, and I think he's going to be playing like nine guys up in the box. You could you could see two or three linebackers and one or two safeties, and I think he's going to blitz the heck out of the Jets this Sunday. I really do. And he's going to force um, – Zach Wilson to get rid of the ball quicker than he really wants. So I, I think the Jets, they have to have a plan set now if they're going to blitz like I think they are. And one of the things they might want to do, I, I think, is um, you might want to keep an extra lineman in there, too, to block with the running back. I think they should have been keeping somebody in there a lot this so far in heaven. I think that's part of the problem is that uh, – our blocking schemes haven't always been the best, although our offensive line is, is doing fairly well for, you know, since games one and two with protecting, uh, uh, protecting Zach better. Uh, but we aren't nearly the running team that I think we would be with Becton. You know, it's kind of a trade-off at this point. Becton was not doing well pass protecting, but, he's clearly a better run blocker than Fant. So, you know, if we want to be a team that runs, then we, you know, then Becton might be the answer, even though they're, the, the line has been playing better. Uh, we still can't run the ball. And I think that's a lot of what our problem is. If you can't run and they know you're going to pass, as far as Belichick, I think he's going to do what he always does, which is you can read the tape on what he did last time and he'll give you that same look and then he'll do something totally different. You know, that's that's what he's known for is he gives you a look and you watch all this tape and you think, you know, what is coming. And he knows how to, you know, just fool you. He, he knows how to just do something totally different than what you watched in, you know, however many game tapes you watch. They, they get in a formation and you think, you know, what's coming and he does something unexpected. So. Um, I, I expect him to do that with Zach is show him a lot of what he showed him the first time, only do something just the opposite of what it looks like. Ray, we, we both uh, really like Michael Carter one 
as a running back. I uh, want him to, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, yeah, well, too, I love, too. I mean, that, that guy is like the biggest surprise. Yeah. But um, just watching, and I, I reviewed some tape, and he, he hasn't played that much. I, I think Tevin Coleman, he might hit the hole faster than Michael Carter. And I know they want to give him experience, but I'm wondering if they they share the repetitions a little bit more with uh, Tevin Coleman. I think he might help out a little. And I think the Jets' strength running is over the left side. Side, I would stay away from um, our right guard, Van Rounden. So I, you might want to try uh, Coleman there too. And I just want to know your thoughts on that. Well, Coleman's bigger, you know, so he, he, you know, if we aren't giving him much of a hole, he might be a better option. I, I would like to see him. Same with uh, that we've you know, read or talked about with Elijah Moore, the uh, same thing. I would like to see them try and get Carter and Elijah Moore the ball in space and let them do some things. I mean, um, I read a quote from Sala when he was asked about getting more, you know, the ball, like he talked about in the spring about getting him, you know, all these different looks to get him out in space and why he hasn't. He said, well, you know, we aren't, you know, the game dictates it and they aren't being put in position to, to do those things. You're always in third and longs or you're, you're trying to play catch up. So you can't do the, you can't run the tricky stuff. You gotta, you know, get down the field. So, you know, I, I buy that a little bit, but, you know, I think part of the problem with Moore to me is that he, he might be able to play on the outside, but I don't think that's his strength. And I think maybe, and, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit about the trade deadline, but I think my part of the answer for getting Elijah Moore, you know, kickstarted would be uh, talking about, talk about Robert Sally. He's calling you now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I was going to say at the trade deadline, get rid of Crowder. I'm sorry, but that's uh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. It'll, it'll kick out in a second. We're on call, cool. um, Ray. I I would really like to see. Uh, some sort of fake on the special teams, like a fake punt, a fake field goal, just to change it up a little bit. I really yeah. would. I, I like it when we're not predictable. They haven't shown anything, and I'm sure they have to have something in their repertoire. <clears throat> um, I agree with Salah that, you know, you can't put in these trick plays coming from behind, though, too. Yeah, but I it, think it, that's it, a lot of the problem. Yeah, the Jets, they're just not made. They're so young. They... they they can't come from behind. I mean, if they fall behind 10 nothing, I hate to I say the game's over, but... I think, I think that's why everybody got so excited by the Titan game. We actually were down, what, 9 to nothing and came back. Right, yeah. Um, so but it, it's, you know, it's like anything. They, they went on a drive, they scored a touchdown, and a little bit of confidence does wonders. I mean, but if you, you know, do... You get a first down and then, you know, two plays, three plays later, you're punting. It's not really instilling a ton of confidence even though that's what we need to do in the you know in the beginning anyway get at least a first down or two and kind of get some things going maybe take four or five minutes off the clock and like you said I'd love to see him score every time but even if they you know put together a drive down to the other team's 45 and ended up punting and pinning them down low but you took four or five minutes off the clock that to me that would be a, a, a great you know, showing progress. It would be a great right. you know, beginning. With, with everything we're saying, though, Ray, 
the fact that uh, they're secondary and they don't have Gilmore anymore, they very weak against Dallas. I don't want Lafleur just to uh, dictate. We have to go short. I mean, if there are things that are open, mid, you know, uh, medium pass and a long pass, take a shot. We both know the importance of short passes, right? But. There, it looks like their weakness may be their secondary, so you might have to throw some of those medium-range passes, like 15 to 20 yards, and they got to show the protection. So, um, you know, we're leaving it up to them. We're going to get into the coach's grade uh, in, in a little bit. But, uh, you know, we made a couple of suggestions. We'll see. I, I Look, I like Corey Davis. I think um, our quarterback is depending upon him too much. He's I think he's looking for Corey Davis rather than the whole field. And Corey Davis has made some very good catches, but he's dropped five. I would, you know, I'd stick Mims in there and some of those uh, and rotate them. I really would. I think I it's. Know, a, I think Mims needs to be on the field. I mean, uh, they can they can say all they want about he needs to earn the the positions. I'm just not. I, I think. I think there's more to it. I, I just am not buying that. That's too simple of an explanation for why he's, you know, if he's on the field for 10 plays in a game and every time he seems to be in there, they, they get him the ball, you know, and, and he seems to make a play. Well, okay, then let's feed him some more. He's the kind of guy I think that the more he gets the ball and the more confidence he gets, the more dangerous he'll be. And, by the, I mean, I like Keelan Cole too. I think Cole's. Oh, I do too. I really like him. I think between those guys, exactly. if you want Davis to be more, more uh, dangerous or more of a factor, if they got to worry about these other guys too, you can't just sit there and, and key on Davis, and and neither can Zach. I mean, you know, Zach can spread it around. He, that's not a problem. But I think he doesn't feel comfortable with the other guys yet because they aren't. Uh, they aren't running the plays geared to them yet. And I think that that goes for more too. Right. I still think more is the outside guy we want at this point. I think he needs to be in the slot and he'll be more of a factor. I think every old Jet fans think that, but um, obviously they see something. Ray, I just want to jump. We're going to get into the trade deadline, which is November 2nd. Uh, but one of the questions I had, and I'm skipping down to Braden Mann is coming back soon i believe from what i hear okay i, I think this other guy they got uh what's his name thomas morstead from uh, new orleans mm -hmm. he's been doing really well punting i mean yeah. what what do you do when if man is ready do you try to delay him um or do you bring him back and try to protect morstead what do you do i think uh i, I mean i think you know it's still when you when it comes down to it Yes, the punter is important. They can change games, but man's been good. So, you know, I think, you, you know, if if they want to protect him, they can, but, you know, maybe for a week or two just to make sure man will be okay. But in the end, man's younger and man's man's shown he's he's a very good punter and a, a great tackler. So, we don't, but we don't want him to tackle. Okay, so actually that's not a bad idea. You keep you protect him for uh, one or two games just to see how Braden Man does. I like that idea, and also what that does too. If he comes back before November second, you know a number of punters have gone down in the league, so you never know. 
Maybe you could get a sixth or a seventh. <clears throat> Talking about that, we're going to segue right into the trade deadline, which is November 2nd. It's coming up very quickly. Um, I just want to go over some names uh, that might get traded. Ray, you, me, and a whole lot of other Jet fans think that they should, they should see what they get for Crowder in the open market. He has value. I think right now he's been the most consistent uh, receiver on the Jets. And looking back to last year, I think he was the best player on the Jets. I really do. So um, how do you feel about trading him? And what do you think you could get? Now, with that said, let me. I, I don't know. Maybe Ralph would have understood it. If his contract runs out and he signs with another team, do they get a fourth round compensation? So I guess my question is, is the trade, the compensation you're going to get for the trade, is that going to be better than the free agent compensation? I'm not quite sure how that works. I, I don't know the formula for calculating what round a guy, you know, a guy gets. I, I couldn't imagine him getting higher than a fourth if he left as a free agent. Um I don't think he'd be. They'd get a third for him, but no, no, they I'm won't. not sure they'd even get a fourth necessarily. Um, but um, I would get rid of him, and only for one reason: is that I think the future is Elijah Moore in the slot, and I think the only thing slowing Moore down is that Crowder's. Uh, I think Crowder's a safety net right now, but he's not as dangerous as Moore would be in there in any way. I mean, the things Moore can do, uh, Crowder can't, but Crowder catches passes, runs great routes, and, and he, he's clutch. He, he makes, you know, he makes big plays at, at times when we need it. And, you know, when we need a first down, that's a guy that, you know, they look to a lot and, and he would be missed, but I think that in the long run and, and, you know, if you want more to start, growing you might as well do it now let's face it we're we're one in four and and you know i'm not i'm not hoping for miracles i'm i'm trying to be realistic we're going to be drafted in the top 10 and with any luck seattle will keep losing and we'll have two picks in the top 10 yeah i would like to see more get more time in the slot and and start to grow in that into that position better you know, it's curious. If you go back to the beginning of the season when um, Crowder, you know, he was coming off the injury, they didn't use Elijah Moore in the slot. They used Barrios in the slot. Yeah. If you remember, which. Yeah, but I think it's time to. Right. All right. So you think he's a possible trade bait? Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm going to mention the next one. I, today it came out, by the way, um, a little bit of house cleaning. C.J. Mosley has a hamstring issue. He didn't practice yesterday. He was riding the bicycle today, which is a good sign. He's optimistic. Um, I think Jared Davis is back. I think I read that somewhere, too. And well, He was ready to come back. Yeah. And if Mosley isn't going to be the Mike linebacker, that's the guy that calls the plays, I think they're going to use Sherwood, which is unbelievable because he's a rookie. They must think – you know, the only thing that scares me about any of that stuff is, you know, you saw last year what happened the second Mosley went off the field. So if, 
Somebody else is uh, calling the defense. I know, it's scary. You know, I, I'm not sure who it is, but because when he wasn't in there in the preseason, they didn't look good either. So, right. That's, yeah. But anyway, um, so that's the uh, housekeeping. <coughs> and now Marcus made today, he said he wants to stay a Jet. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to get traded. I really do. All right. Somebody will take him. I, I do. And and there was something that happened yesterday, and I think I texted it to you. There's a really good safety on the Colts, uh, second-year player, Julia Blackman from uh, Utah, who, who's been playing better and better. This guy is really good. He tore his Achilles tendon in practice on Wednesday. He's gone for eight months. And they're kind of in a flux at that position. So um, – there's kind of a history of the Jets and um, Colts trading. Yeah. And um, what what is the Colts record? Do you know? Offhand, I don't, but I know they've uh, they're still in the mix. No, you know they're they're uh, they're a team that um, is going to be able to compete probably for that division, um, unless you know unless Wentz really goes in the tank. He had he had one really bad game, like I think it was two or three games ago, right? Yeah, yeah, and that, but he's looked a lot better. Yeah, um, no, last Reich is a really good coach. He's very good. He's good, and ba Greg Ballard's a very good general manager. Uh, I could, you know, the, the whole problem with with uh, uh, May is that you know we, you don't know what the NFL is going to do with that DWI and all that garbage, so. The teams might be a little, you know, hesitant to give the Jets very much for him because, you know, he might be, you know, if the Colts take him and then the league says, well, he's out for six games and, you know, that isn't doing them a whole lot of good. So I think a lot of teams are going to be a little gun shy at giving the Jets really, you know, too high of a draft pick. Right. Uh, the Colts are two and four. I was surprised. <laughs> well, is that right? The Titans are four and two. Yeah, the Titans. Uh, wow, the Titans right. the last two games. I, I, I still think knowing uh, Ballard and um, like they're, they're going to go. They're going to they're going to go like they're uh, in the mix this year, just like you said. But I have. I just want to disagree with you if I'm allowed to, Ray. I yeah, think the. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think the uh, punishment usually will come at the beginning of 2022. Probably. So instead of getting a, a third rounder, they might, let's say, get a fourth, and he might squeeze out a sixth or a seventh in 23 or something like that. But yeah. I, think, I think there's value there, and um, I, I think you, he might be moved. All right, Ray, is there anyone else – that you think may get traded because I have a dark horse. So go ahead. Well, um, not. That, I mean, I don't think Barrios would get traded because he can because of his punt returning and kick returning in general. Uh, I don't think Barrios would, um, but I could see. You know, I heard talk about some other guys, but. Um, I think Keelan Cole is the only other one that I think might, if they want to hang on to Mims. I, I want, I want Keelan. I, Cole. I'm not saying I want I, I, to. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I could see somebody making a run at, 
at Keel and Cole. Uh, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody will take Mims at this point, but I don't want them to. So I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I would listen, don't shoot me, but I would probably keep Keel and Cole over um, Corey Davis. He is supposed to be a fan. I, I would I like this guy a lot, and he's an yeah. incredible locker room guy. I, again, Ray, I'm this. I heard Corey Davis is a good locker room guy too. I, I don't think I don't think there's any way they get rid of Corey Davis at this point. I think well, I, I'd, listen, be, I'd be shocked at that one. You know, he's one drop away from going on my list. You know that. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> I don't think it's one drop from Sailor's list. So. Right. Okay. Anyway, all right. Uh, my dark horses, and believe it or not, you're going to say, well, what are they going to do? There's been such a rash of injuries. I think there's an outside shot. They might, if they get an offer for either, only one, not both, Morgan Moses or George Fant, they might move one of those guys if the offer's good. They've been... Uh, bringing up and down this guy, Isaiah Williams, and they might be able to move him over. He's listed as guard. Chuma Doga is the other backup. I'm not crazy about him. But I I really believe if there's a the right offer, they might move one of those guys. I've been following the injuries this year, which has been unbelievably NFL. This and the, the Achilles. The Achilles is just <laughs> incredible. And we spoke about the pecs too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, every time you turn around, somebody's going down with an Achilles. It's just unbelievable. And the uh, offensive linemen are going down like crazy. It's unbelievable how they're going down. Every week, a different one goes down. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, Ray. Uh, November 2nd. If I were to guess, I, I can't see him letting go of Fant. I think it would be Moses if they were going to let go of one of them. Um, because I think Fant has turned into – Quite the I, I was I, I didn't think Fant would would uh, even beat out Moses and and he was and then he's done pretty admirably well for Becton but I don't think he's the run blocker Becton is so I think I think we could see a, a bump up in our run game when Becton gets back and you know move Fant back over and then Moses might get you know. Two things, Ray, I'll say. I happen to agree with you that uh, George Fan has been a nice surprise. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't – I predict, and I hope I'm wrong, that um, Becton won't play another play this year. But we'll see. Okay. I'll bet you on that one. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take that. I'll take that one. What's that place we ate dinner at that I liked? The uh, Texas – Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, that's that's the bet. Dinner there. Yeah, By the way, I, I went. I had dinner, lunch. Dinner at the Texas Roadhouse. I, yeah, no matter where it is, East Coast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. We had it. By the way, I went down there the next day for lunch. I never told you oh, that. You? I, yeah, I brought it back to my room. I got it was great. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that place. No, I, I had not been there. I you know so I I thought it was good too. I I was surprised. And, not that we're trying to do any cheap. Uh, Cheap uh, plugs for the Texas. No, Rangers. no, no. It was, it was good. good. <laughs> yeah, and and we there was a we told we talked about. I, I got you aware of the tragic tragic story of the boss um, who created the franchise, who yeah. uh, unfortunately uh, had uh, died by, by uh, suicide. It was a 
COVID type of thing, and he just couldn't live with it. He was a wonderful guy. All right, hey, let's get back to football. Um, so, um, listen, I believe me, I, I hope Beckton does come back. I hope he's a 10-year All-Pro. I'm not optimistic, but uh, let's see what happens. And that might be the impetus, right, depending on how he is in another week, whether they do something with Moses. Right. The, the problem with him is going to be the, the, you know, can he up his pass blocking game? I, I don't worry about him in the run blocking department. And I think him and Vera Tucker run blocking on that side are going to be great. But Vera, Vera Tucker's been great. He's getting better every week. Every week, yeah. I love that guy. He's the, line, the line has not been the problem. I mean, Zach is a bit of the problem. The drops are the problem. And Lafleur is the problem. Um, our, it's our offense. Our defense is over, you know, o- over exceeded expectations, but they're coming back to earth. And I think part of it is they're getting gassed. We got to right. keep them. You know, I agree. The field, so you're, you're, you're right, Ray. You're right. All right. Um, all right, Ray. After five games, the one and four, I want to grade the head coach and I want, excuse me, I want to grade the two coordinators, A to F. Let's start, let's go backwards. If I haven't listed. Uh, our defensive coordinator, Olbrich, what grade would you give him? Oh, I give him a either A minus or B plus easily. They they far exceeded expectations. Um, and and the only reason I don't give him higher is because you know it's hard to it's hard to judge um, if it's the coaching or if we just happen to make great draft picks, but. You know, the, the, the defense has bent and, you know, the late game stuff. But I can't, like I said, I can't blame it all on on them, you know. But I, I don't know if it was their gassed or if it's just they, you know, it's the typical Jets can't get off the field on third down. And I'm waiting to find out if we if they're fresher later in the game that we can. So uh, but he's easily uh, been the the biggest surprise and, and the most pleasant surprise for me uh, of the coaches. He, I give him a B plus two, Ray. Part of being a defensive coordinator is not just uh, calling the right plays or putting in the right game plan. It's also having the right plays in the right position. And the Jets have like the youngest team in the NFL. And Albridge, I mean, I look, he might get a call next year. To, again, to, <laughs> I depending. I mean, if the Jets go to one and one and sixteen, he won't get a call. But if they well, somehow yeah, turn, if their defense is in the top ten, yeah, one and I, sixteen, he I mean, might. This guy is really, really good. All right, let's go to the next one because I'm going to have you uh, probably fall off your chair, um, Mike Lafleur. I'm giving a C plus, and I'll tell you why. Um. I'm not happy with a lot of the play calls, but when, when you look at the Jets on offense and what has happened in five games, and I mean the, the drop passes, I mean um, Zach Wilson not hitting the short passes, I, I think that combination, it's hard to give him a realistic grade and with the drop passes and everything else, um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to give him a, a, a C plus. If you went by grading him in quarters, he would get an F as far as first quarter grades just because he comes out of the gate, and it's just like they're in quicksand. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt at C plus 
So, Ray, if you didn't, if you're still with me, yeah. what, what would you do? <laughs> well, no, no, don't get me wrong. I, I actually agree with uh, most of what you said. I'd give him a solid C and for this, a lot of the same reasons. It's not just him. Zach is missing guys. He's throwing behind receivers. And even Zach says, I got to. I got to be better. I got to, you know, he goes, I got to quit thinking. And I think he's right. I think that's a lot of it is he's, he's aiming a bit. He's, he's just, he's just being like he said, robotic and just start ripping it on the short ones. I think I said in the the last show, I don't care if he's 10 feet away, rear back and drill him right between the numbers. I mean, these receivers, they learn to catch John Elway's passes. They'll learn to catch Zach's. They can catch a hard throw. And I know real like 10 feet away and drill it is not realistic. But the, the one he threw to Ryan Griffin that would have ended the Titan game in regulation um, is the one I'm talking about. The one he threw to Crowder in this last game is the ones I'm talking about. They're, they're five yards, you know, it's a little five yard out and he's short hopping it and he's not under pressure. It's that. So it's that. It's the drop passes. And then Lafleur, I, I think in the first couple of games, I really didn't like his play calling. I think he's adjusted some, and it's not all. I think in the first couple of games, all he wanted to do was go down the field. I think he's now, you know, trying to mix in the shorter stuff. So it's not all him. And and I I do think I I do believe he'll get better. So I think a C is a fair fair grade. You know, he's he's had his share, but he isn't the only one. And also, he's doing it with an inferior tight end position. Yes, he is. Where the tight end in the NFL has become so important, and the Jets—they—they're they, not showing anything at tight end. I right. Honestly, I don't think I don't think Herndon would necessarily be making much of a difference. No, no, he wouldn't. No. He wouldn't. He's got like one catch for a touchdown. I think. Yeah. I saw the later. Harder. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ray, uh, why don't you go with uh, Robert Sala, the head coach? What grade would you give him? Uh, I'd give him right now, and I think he's settling in as well. So I would give him probably a, a, a B minus, maybe a B, B minus, somewhere in there. You know, sometimes he seems a little too calm, but then you see he's, he's got, he's, he's lit into the refs a couple of times and, when we finally scored the, our one touchdown there in the first half uh, that we've scored this year, he was, he was all over that. I, I like that when I see that coming out of him. And I, I got to believe he's probably like that a little bit more behind the scenes than we get to see. I think, I think he's doing okay. I mean, he, he's got some growing to do too. He's, he's a first, you know, that first time around for a lot of guys being the head coach is a lot different than being the coordinator. Um, Right, he could be better though. I think he he needs to take a little bit more control, but I think he's he's getting there. I think he's shows that he's he's got you know a promise and he's got ability. I give him a B plus, um, yeah. and the reason being, as bad as our quarterback has been at times, this team continues to play hard, uh, even though the first half of the Atlanta game was terrible. They almost came back to do something if, uh, you know, if they had stopped him on the third and 13, I mean, they were right in that game and they were doing a little better second half. And and I judge these uh, young coaches on how hard the team plays for them. So he, and I watch every press conference and he, he's, he seems to say the right things. He backs his players. 
Um, I'm more old fashioned, but I, I'd like to be flexible and say, you know, we live in 2021. These are the type of coaches we have. So I'm going to give him a B plus. And I'm, again, I'm happy we, we got him. Oh, and, yeah. I don't have any problems with him. Yeah, I really am. All right, Ray, we're going to jump because we are in the fourth quarter. It's going uh, fast. And I just want to jump to the, we'll do a few over-unders, and then um, we're going to go right back to the classic trivia. All right. Um, here we go, Ray. Over-under for the Pats game. Interception, Zach Wilson, two and a half. I'm going to go under. I think he's going to play a little bit better. I think he's going to be a little bit more under control, I hope. I mean, I hope that extra week has got him more uh, in sync with guys and, and making better decisions and better throws. I'm going to go under two. I think he'll throw only one interception. I'll do the touchdowns. I think Zach Wilson is going to – it's the two and a half over under. I, I'm going to go over. I think he's going to have three TDs. I think the week off, he's going to calm down. Okay. And we're going to get that moment. Yeah, I know. We're waiting for where the game slows down. Yeah. And he's going to relax on those short passes. Yeah. And I'm going to say – I'm going to give him over. How about you? I think uh, – I think the, uh, I think it's going to be under, but I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, I'm hoping that you know that we can run a couple in too. Um, I think he'll play. I really think he'll play better. But you know, it's you know, Bill also you know messes with guys, but he's had you know the extra week. I just don't think I don't see us torching the the Patriots' pass D, although you know they aren't really that good this year. I'm going to say I'm going to say under two. I think two tops. All right. Who throws for more yards, Zach Wilson or Mac Jones? Um. God, I hate to say it, but I think Mac Jones. I think he's more settled into the offense. And I, I'm going to say Mac Jones, but I'll give you a reason in a second. Okay. All right. Um, team sacks. Jets team sacks three and a half over or under. Under. They throw too many short passes. I, I agree. I agree. I think I don't think they'll. Don't I think they'll get one. Runs. I think they'll get one. Uh, yeah. Jets. The Jets rushing as a team, seventy nine and a half yards over under. We haven't run on anybody. Um, Becton's not back, right? No, he's not back. I'm going to go under. <laughs> I, I, I'd love to say over, but I haven't seen a hole for any of these guys to run. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say that um, so. Tevin Coleman's going to break one for like 30 plus yards. May not be the only way we get over is one big run. But he's going to break one. All right. Um, is the Jets score first score a touchdown or field goal? I, you know, I'm going to go with a touchdown, but I, th you know, that's that's wishful thinking probably. But I'm going to. I'm going to say, you know, this week off has helped them, and they're going to get down there and score a touchdown. I don't know if it'll right. be in the first quarter, but. <laughs> I'm going to say touchdown, too. Uh, score? Give me a score. Oh, crap. Um, uh, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I can't go against Belichick at this point messing with his head. I'm going to say uh, similar to last time, 27. Uh, but I think we're going to put – some points on the board this time. I'm going to say 27 to uh, 19. Oh, look what I have. I have 27-20 Jets. 
<laughs> and that's that's one of the reasons why that Mac Jones will have more yardage. They're gonna Jets are gonna go up by more than one touchdown. All right, let's get back to the trivia question, Ray. Because right after this, I'm gonna sit down and watch the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Right. Um all right. Like nobody on this is kind of like when they played the Jets last year with everybody that's right. <laughs> I, I asked the question in talking about these all-time receivers. Uh at first is Maynard, then it's Wayne Corbett, then Altoon, Lavernius Cold. In fifth place is Wesley Walker with 438, Ray. Okay. He's tied with someone, so let me know who you think he's tied with. Well, okay. just, I'm just taking a flyer here, but I, I I think our tight ends had some catches over the years. I'm going to go with Jerome Barkham. That's not a bad guess. You're on the right track. Jerome Barkham is ninth. It's Mickey Shuler. Mickey Shuler. I forgot but about Shuler. That's it. But that's yeah, very good. Shuler, that's, I, yeah, he Boy, could I we ever use a tight end? Oh, my before? God, we could, yeah. All right, we're going to close this out for uh, Marty Shupak and Ray Clifford. Uh, Ray is in California, but his heart's in Ohio. Who the, who the Buckeyes playing? You know, I can't remember. They had they, they had a bye like we did. Now I forget who they're playing. Well, I, I want I want you to I want you to do a scouting report on the Old Miss LSU game because I I really like this Matt Corral. And if he looks really good, I want I want to pull an Arizona pick. I want to pull an Arizona Cardinals, you know, after uh, Josh Rosen. We'll get rid of Zach and pick him. All right, until next time. Oh, by the way, please check out our website, jetsrewind.com. We have this great article put together by Ray and myself on uh Altoon, one of my favorite all-time Jets. Until next time, let's go Jets.